galloping, fashioned every one of them like the horses in this picture. But now the imperial ghost receives secret jade from the river god, for the emperor hunts crocodiles no longer by the streams. Where you see his great gold tomb, you may hear among the pines a bird grieving in the wind that the emperor's horses are gone. This is Radio Taiwan International. What's this all about? Why are they doing that? What's going on here? It's Curious John. What is he curious about today? The town of Jiufen on Taiwan's north coast boasts a golden history. The rugged hills it sits atop contain rich seams of gold, and for a time in the 20th century, they made some lucky miners wealthy overnight. The risks of mining there were high. Unlike in other parts of Taiwan, Jiufen miners had no salaries. How much they made depended on how much gold they could find. But the town as a whole prospered with thriving shops and bars. Jiufen was one of the first towns in Taiwan to stay lit up at night thanks to the early adoption of electricity. The town glittered so much that people called it Little Shanghai and Little Hong Kong. After the gold veins depleted and the mines closed, the town story took a bleak turn. As the local economy collapsed, the town's population dwindled away. But since the 1990s, when filmmakers and directors discovered the town, Jiufen has been put back on the map. Today, it's overflowing with tourists, come to take in its old streetscapes and its imposing views of the sea. This part of Taiwan still conjures up images of gold in people's minds, but most of the time, it's neighboring Jinguashi that people think of as the golden town. There, a government-run museum does a first-rate job of preserving the area's golden heritage. Despite being so close together, though, Jinguashi and Jiufen have different stories and characters. In a converted house, an old mining family has set up the Jiufen Gold Ore Museum to educate the public about gold mining and to tell Jiufen's side of the story. Last week, third-generation curator Zheng Yixian joined us for a look at her town's extravagant high-stakes past and its recovery from its darkest bust years. This week, she's back to talk about the museum and its exhibits. She'll also introduce her grandfather, the man who founded the museum and made it his life's work. Zheng Shuichi came from a line of miners. At around the age of 14, he too started working for the mines. He had lost both his parents and needed some way to support himself. He started out doing odd jobs outside the mine, sending the miners their lunches, sweeping up gravel, and generally cleaning up. Later, he moved down into the mines. He worked his way up through the ranks until by the time the mine shuttered, he was a foreman in charge of exploring and probing gold veins. 
，在七零年退休之后，其实呢，有一阵子去基隆卖那个科仔。After the mine shuttered, he did other jobs. He sold noodles for a time, and he mined coal too. At least until the day that a piece of machinery toppled onto him, leaving him seriously injured. Through his career, he slowly gathered mining equipment and bits of gold ore. He also took to buying equipment from other people, building up a sizable collection. He felt it would be sad for the knowledge of the old miners to be lost. 看到这么多人的时候呢，不少外公的朋友就问他说：“嗯，啊，你收了这么多东西。” When tourists started flooding into Jofun, it seemed to his friends that this collection ought to be displayed for the public. Mr. Zhang liked this idea, and he started up the Jofun Gold Ore Museum. The museum contains nearly 1,000 pieces of gold ore, plus displays on mining tools and the techniques once used to dig up and refine gold. The gold ore display room is full of weird and fantastic shapes. 好，那九份的黄金形态有非常多啦，有沙金，也有块。九份 gold comes in all kinds of forms, from fine flakes to big nuggets. In the display cases, there are hair-like strands, ring-shaped pieces, chunks the museum says look like crabs, and the golden crystals that miners used to call golden flowers. These are pieces Miss Dong's grandfather bought out of the ground himself. When I ask her where it all comes from, she rightly points out that no one goes around just handing out gold. 大家都知道黄金是什么颜色，金色对吧？但九份的黄金是黑色的哦。There's one fact about Jofun's gold that many visitors find surprising. Gold from Jofun comes out of the ground dull and black, not shiny as we usually imagine it. The gold needs to be refined. And Ms. Dung says that in the old days, many people who didn't know this ended up throwing away lots of perfectly good gold. We heard last week how this gold ore was once handed out instead of money. With the gold ore looking like it does, that must have been especially confusing to newcomers. It's now in the museum. another part of the museum, a narrow passageway has been turned into a model mine shaft. What's special about this place is that everything in it—the wooden cart, the hard hats, the tools on the wall—each piece was once used by Ms. Zhang's grandfather himself. There are spades, mallets used to hammer support trestles into place, and a special drill used to make the holes for the powder that would blast mine shafts into the hills. Want to try your hand at prospecting? The museum offers a special experience that features a locally invented technique. Rather than panning for gold, Jiufun locals slowly developed their own special wooden prospecting boxes. Ms. Zhang says these boxes separated out the gold from sand using the principle of specific gravity. She says, as far as she knows, this method is unique to Jiufun. She says physics in general played an important role in Jiufun's mining boom. Later, chemistry became important too. Methods of extracting gold through chemical processes were introduced to Jofun. But some of these chemical processes involve dangerous materials, and they could take a long time too. So people still prefer to do things by hand, using the laws of physics as their friends. You can learn about the science of gold mining in the museum's gold classroom. 
There, you'll also find the tools used to extract gold and refine it. Ms. Zheng was always close to her grandfather. He practically raised her, she says. He wanted to entrust her with the museum, and he told her over and over that when she grew up, she must preserve it and its artifacts. The day when this responsibility would fall to her always seemed to be far off. Eventually, she left Zhou Fun to start her working life. Then, towards the end of 2012, her grandfather passed away, essentially of the black lung. Ms. Zheng remembered her promise to look after her grandfather's collection. She headed back home to Zhou Fun, and there she's worked since to keep the museum running. She is determined to keep her promise and make sure her grandfather's collection stays intact. She hopes visitors to Zhou Fun get a chance to come to the museum, where they can learn about a vanished world of hard labor, but also of late-night glamour, of brute muscle, but also of ingenuity and clever science. The museum can be a difficult operation to run. It is in a converted home, after all, and she says there are still places that need work, such as the facilities. Fortunately, Ms. Zheng isn't the only one with a promise to keep. She says that every member of her family's younger generation has had to get to know gold and the old mining tools. The hope is that the memories won't stop with Ms. Zheng's generation. The Zhou Fun Gold Ore Museum is a little bit off the main drag, but with the bright paintings on its walls, it's difficult to miss. After a tour of the usual sites, the lantern-lined alleys with their food stalls, the town's old theater, and the wild mountain views of the sea, the museum is worth stopping by as a reminder of where this place came from. I'm Curious John, and I'll see you again next week. The Sound of the Puyuma Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello everyone, I'm Jake Chen, and welcome to the very first episode of Light Camera Asia. In this brand new show, we are looking to explore the world of Asian cinema. We'll look at movies that are culturally significant and explore the world and the time in which they are set. My personal hope is that through this show, 
we can all gain a better understanding of the culture and history of the area and the people who shaped it. At first, we'll focus on the movies made in Taiwan, and in the future weeks, months, and hopefully years, we'll expand our horizon and look at the broader scope of Asian movies. So let's start with a bang, shall we? And I mean that almost literally. Judging from the analog-like sound quality, you'd probably have figured out that this movie wasn't made in recent years. And you're right. The first movie that kicks off our show is called Dust of Angels. Released in 1992, it's widely considered a classic gangster movie and the first one of its kind in Taiwan. The story is rather simplistic. Two teenage boys, called A Guo and A Do, get involved with local gang members in Beigang Township in southern Yunlin County. Their parents are either coaxed into debt by local loan sharks, or are too afraid to step in. So, in the absence of proper guidance and adult supervision, the two waste their days away on drugs and fights. By pure luck, they get hold of a shotgun and a few bags of drugs. And they head up to Taipei City to look for the so-called brother that they look up to, who's also a gangster. They sink even lower in the metropolitan, and eventually, they pay the deadly price for their extravagance as rival gangs finally caught up. One lost his life, and another walked aimlessly into the night. In all honesty, when we look at the film itself. Dust of Angels isn't anything spectacular when compared to the many top-notch gangster movies that we've come to know and love, such as The Godfather's or Goodfellas. It doesn't have great cinematography, nice costumes or soundtracks, good-looking actors or eye-catching actions, not even an epic story. In fact, I would go as far as to say the production quality is primitive at best, looking from today's standard. In many parts of the plot, one of the protagonists actually has to narrate the story to connect different parts and to move the story forward. But even with all that in mind, its place in Taiwan cinema landscape cannot be understated. Keep in mind that this was shot in the early 90s, just after the lifting of the martial law. Which was a dark period in Taiwan's history, during which all political dissidents were persecuted, and the freedom of the press was severely oppressed. So when martial law was lifted, the audience across Taiwan was hungry for new films and literature. And it was at this time that this film burst onto the scene, and it shocked their system basically. It addresses many themes that were previously not openly addressed. Most evidently, the growing level of illegal drug use, gun violence, and the involvement of unsupervised teenagers in gang violence. The issue is especially prevalent in rural areas, where there are less educational resources, and just less resources overall. When we follow the footsteps of the two teenage boys, who went from their home of Yunlin to northern Taipei. In other words, from a rural, underdeveloped area to the biggest, most forward-looking metropolitan in Taiwan, we have seen the drastic differences in the appearance of the two cities, in resources, in the way people talk and behave. 
In this regard, the journey of these two teenage boys reflect that of tens of millions who came after them. Since the development between Taipei and other cities in Taiwan is so drastically unequal, it leaves many people with no choice but to move away from their hometown. So, in a broader scale, we can even peel away the gangster element, and the movie still has its roots firmly planted in the ground, as it reflects the anxieties that challenge so many Taiwanese even today. Das of Angels is a flawed classic. It's raw, unfiltered, much like the characters in the film. Little did the filmmakers and the audience expect at the time that gangster movies. Would grow into one of the most recognizable genre in Taiwan cinema. We'll explore more of that in the upcoming weeks. Thank you so very much for tuning in to the first episode of Light Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you next week. Together already, it's time to feast. Sit down at the table with Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu on Feast Meets West. Hello, welcome to the feast. Welcome to the feast. This is Andrew Ryan, and this is Ellen Chu. Christmas is coming. That's right. Christmas is coming. Right. In fact, it's only like three days away. Countdown. Holy cow! Did you prepare your milk and cookies? Did you prepare I your trees? Did, did you write to did. Santa? Have you been good? Uh, I have not been good. <laughs> okay, good. I did the rest. Okay. Did you put up a tree this year? Of course. Of course, always. Mm-hmm. That's always. good. Always. Did the kids help you decorate it? Yes, the kids did. Did they enjoy that? Yes, they loved it. And, mm-hmm. you know, as usual, they fight for putting up the stars. Oh, you know? my goodness. What did yeah. you do? Did you have to, like, throw a dice or? No, I just watched them argue <laughs> until they stopped. Teachable moment. And then who right. ended up putting the star on? Rihanna. Okay, she got her way. Because, yeah, she just kind of said to her brother, the brother said, last year I let you have my chance, and you put up the stars. And she's like, so? (laughs) I want to put up the star again. So why did he let her? No, and I was like, well, yeah. I said, last year you did. And And then she's like, well, you know, I think you should be nice to me so Santa will give you the toy. And then Ryan's like, okay. You can put up the star. Wow. Wow. Mm, Now I wonder if Santa is going to be under pressure to give uh, Ryan what he wants. She has the power with words. Let me tell you. She does. She's Uh a smart one, that one is. She is. So, you know, every year in Christmas, it's always kind of a a trick to figure out what I'm going to do because I feel feel like we've done cookies a lot. We've done Mm -hmm. many different kinds of cookies in the feast. What else can you do? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Ellen Chu. Do mm-hmm. you know that back in January, mm-hmm. we thought of a very interesting dish that would be fun to make at Christmas? And believe it or not, I actually remembered that Whoa. we came up with that in January. Really? Yes. I must have written it down or something. Hey. <laughs> so, I'm going to play you a little clip of uh, that little uh, dialogue that we had in January. Are you um, sure that's me? 
I'm not sure. an outer space alien. <laughs> Do you, you don't remember what it was? No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to play it for you now. Are you okay. ready? Yes. Let's have a listen. You say this is easy to make, and you're eating like you know Christmas cookie every day in the morning. <laughs> I don't know why, Andrew. Oh, you know it does take a little bit of time. I will mm. say that. This is good. Now that it's here, though, you have no excuse. Yeah. yeah. So tomorrow morning, like I'll be having some granola. Right. No cookies. I have a proposition for you. Okay. Both. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. Crumble up why a little Christmas one? cookie yeah. on top. Oh. Smoothie bowl. Oh, I think it's wow. very good. I think we should like look into that. Yeah. What Christmas version of a smoothie bowl? Wow. It's probably on a Pinterest board somewhere. I'm sure it is. I'm sure they cr- crumble up like gingerbread man. That actually. That does sound really that good. That does yeah. sound good, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds good. Ginger in your um, in your breakfast uh, smoothie bowl for Christmas Day. For our next Christmas show. I think you should do that. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. I'll let you. He usually writes it down. <laughs> and, and then, then loses, loses, loses the piece of paper and we don't remember. So I wrote it down, but I didn't lose it, Ellen. Are you impressed? I'm impressed. Maybe Santa Claus is going to give me a big present this year for remembering. Or did clear the... Uh, no, she didn't remind me. She did not remind she me. It was me. You? Okay. Yeah. All right. So basically what it was, if you didn't catch that, that was Kirthi Sridharan, who's our wintern last year. Right. And who I hope is going to come back in January oh. to visit us. She suggested doing a smoothie bowl. So basically mm. it's a breakfast bowl with a lot of different items in it. Um, I made granola last year. Uh, well, I guess in January I made mm. granola of um, this year. And this the suggestion that she had was to put Christmas cookies or like gingerbread mm. into a smoothie bowl. I think that would be really nice. So I'm going to make some fresh homemade yogurt. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have like Christmas inspired toppings for our smoothie bowl. We'll try okay. to make it as festive as possible. All right. So we're going to be checking our menu to see what, we're, what else we're going to be talking about. All right. Let's have a listen. In our first course, we're going to crack open our Chinese farmer's almanac and find out about a two-week micro-season called Dongzhi, Midwinter, which begins ahora, today. That's right, today. We should find a way to tie everything we talk about for Midwinter back to Christmas. Mm. Oh, let's see if that'll be our challenge for us. Also, in the second course... Uh, I am going to head into the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen to whip up a batch of snowy yogurt. Ooh, in our third and final course, we'll be making some Christmas-inspired breakfast bowls right here in the studio. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to bring you our first song today. Okay, of course. You know, hanging up your stocking is really important, but... Where's your stocking? And this is by Feng Yi. Do you remember Feng Yi? He's the, the kid that plays the, um, the ukulele. Oh, that's The kid right, that became huh? really famous in that viral video and then went Ooh. on the Ellen Show this year. Okay. So we'll have a listen to that song. It's his Christmas release, a little mm-hmm. single. Very mm. festive. Okay. When we come back in a moment, we're going to talk about Midwinter. Mm. <laughs> 
first course. Okay, today is the beginning of two-week micro season, known as Dongzhi Midwinter. Midwinter, so it's the intersection of the Chinese Farmer's Almanac and the Western holiday of Christmas. So, out of the twenty-four micro season, the second most important. Okay, following it comes the spring equinox. So, the spring equinox is the most important, and the second most important is Dongzhi or Midwinter.、Mm, okay. So during this time of day, well, daytime is shortest, nighttime is longest on this day in the northern hemisphere. But after this day, the days grow longer. That means the yang qi, okay, the is, male energy. energy is increasing day by day. In the old days, the emperor and the high-ranking officials would take winter vacation at this time, looking forward to the arrival of spring. Okay, so they had their own little Christmas holidays, but they just didn't call it Christmas. But why do we eat like glutinous, you know, rice ball? Right. So they have these little glutinous rice balls called tangyuan, right?、Mm-hmm. And I guess apparently they say that if you eat those on this day, then you become one year older. Then if we don't eat it, we don't grow old. Uh, well, I haven't eaten it on that day in many、mm-hmm. years, so、okay. I'm a youngin. <laughs> okay. And they have two different colors. One is pink,、uh, which is, they called gold balls for whatever reason,、mm-hmm. and the other one is white ones, and they call them silver, silver, so gold and silver. So you have to eat the both, both if you're going to become one year older.、Mm. But I say you just avoid it altogether, and then you don't get older. Right. <laughs> Does、and、it work like that? I'm not I- sure it works like that. Well, you know, if we don't eat it psychologically, you don't grow old. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And also in Taiwan, we feel that the cows, you know, they are very hardworking animals. So basically, on the、uh, on their forehead, on their horns, and their back, and on their tail, you would stick on the sticky rice, you know, rice balls. Really, you、mm-hmm. you stick it to their forehead and to their back. Yeah, so you 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 wish them that they can be just as healthy, happy, like their owner. Really,、mm-hmm. I've never heard this tradition. This must be like a like a countryside tradition here in、mm-hmm. Taiwan. That's pretty cute. Although if I was that that bull, I'd be like, why don't you just put it in my mouth?、Mm. <laughs> so basically, another way is that they、uh, stick these. These、uh, rice balls onto like fruit trees, okay?、Mm-hmm. And they also cut open a little bit of the bark, so the juice will go onto the rice、like、ball. The rice ball, okay? okay. And that means that it will make you gain prosperity. Oh, why is that? Fruitful and prosperity. I like the sound of it, Ellen Chu. Fruit. Fruitful sticking on you. Oh, so, oh, I see, I see.、Mm-hmm. So if you've got them sticking on the tree, that it's like then the the tree is full of fruit. Fruitfulness. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Okay, I'm buying okay. it. I'm buying it. Seasonal food. Okay, these fish swim to these mullet. Fish. They、uh-huh. swim to Taiwan for the winter from China. Okay, they arrive on the west coast of Taiwan first in Danshui in the north. Female fish come packed with roll. Okay,、uh, and ready、R-O-E, to lay. Right? right, and they lay eggs. They return north once they have laid their eggs. Well, we're so fortunate. That is They're right. They're from China. They lay eggs here. Yeah, they come for 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 winter break, and then we、right. eat them. Right, <laughs> and the whole fish is prized, especially the eggs. Okay, the mullet roll is roasted and served with fresh garlic and raw turnip. I love it. It is delicious. Yes. Although I do want to just say, for sustainability's sake, it's probably 
not a good idea to eat too much of it because you actually want those fish to be laying their eggs. And or also letting their eggs hatching, hatch. right? Yeah, so mm. that we have more mullet. If we only eat the fish for those eggs, then okay. they don't actually have too many offspring. Okay. So we've never actually mentioned that, but I just heard this recently. I was really? like, oh. oh. Come to mention it. You can have a little bit, but not too much. All right. <laughs> just one slice, okay? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So we have actually a saying here in Taiwan. We say "冬至大过年." Uh, so basically, it's almost like New Year. New Year, the Chinese New Year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very important part of the year mm-hmm. here in Taiwan. Yes. And uh, I think one way that you could turn this into a Christmassy midwinter is if you made it red and green balls instead of pink and white. Mm. Add a little to take, take do a little mashup of the two holidays. Oh, that would be good. Good. That's good. very creative. Creative. Okay. When we come back in our second course, I am actually going to be whipping up a beautiful batch of yogurt right Ooh. in the Feast Meets West Test Kitchen. So I hope you will join me for there for that. Looking forward to it. Well, we have a Christmas song. It's called The Christmas Song. It's by Nat King Cole. One of my favorites. Back in a moment. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow We'll find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer Really know how to fly And so I'm offering This simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to Second course. Okay, we are back now on Feast Meets West, and I am going to make homemade yogurt. And now I feel kind of bad about this um, because <laughs> I'm faking it a little bit. And by faking it a little bit, I mean when I make homemade yogurt, I use a little yogurt machine. I have this cute little machine, has a lid on it. And it has a little plug in the back, and has a little keypad, and essentially you can set the length of time that it's going to keep your yogurt warm, and that's what's going to make those active cultures uh, multiply, reproduce. 
Um, and basically, so all we do is we take uh, a liter of milk. And you can hear I'm just pouring into a metal bowl. That's what's gonna go inside the yogurt maker. And then, super easy, I go into my refrigerator, get out some yogurt. And I usually try to use fresh yogurt to make a new batch because you can't keep using the same old batch for too long. And I like to use yogurt drink, and I just use 50 milliliters of that. And that just goes into um, the, the bowl, and then I'm just gonna stir it around a little bit. And I should mention also here, a very important part of this process is that you have to sterilize container that you use otherwise you're gonna get bad bacteria um, and if you get bad bacteria in there then your yogurt's gonna taste bad and it's not gonna have those great active cultures that you want so the final process is to uh, take our little bowl and we're gonna just put the lid on it and it has a nice little vacuum seal and I stick it in So I've set eight hours, which I have found to be the perfect amount of time for our yogurt to uh, grow. And it's gonna be in there for eight hours at 60 degrees Celsius to keep a nice uh, even temperature, not too hot that you kill all the wonderful um, bacteria. Acidophilus, bifidus, all those things that go into your yogurt. So tomorrow morning when I wake up, we're gonna have a nice fresh batch of yogurt. I know it sounds super easy, but actually, the machines are pretty cheap. I bought mine for only like $20, $30 US uh, here in Taiwan, but you can get them all over the world. And uh, it'll make your life easier. You'll have fresh yogurt every day and you'll save some money. And uh, the fresh yogurt tastes wonderfully tart and just creamy. And you have to kind of play around a little bit with different types of milk, different brands of milk. You want a really fatty milk. You don't want to use uh, skim milk for this. And then you have to play around with the kind of yogurt you use. Um, I use a high quality drinking yogurt, as I mentioned. Drinking yogurt tends to mix in a little bit better and give it a better mouth texture. Um, so there you have it. I know it's a bit of a cop out, but that's how I make my homemade yogurt. And I make it probably every three days or so. And it, uh, it keeps me super happy. I even eat it as a snack. I eat it way more often than I would have um, eaten store-bought yogurt just because it's so fresh and delicious. Um, I even eat it as like a little dessert sometimes uh, with berries and granola on the top. So there you have it, homemade yogurt. This for me is the easiest, most economical uh, way to do it here at my home. Listening to Feast Meets West. Third course. Okay, third course. We third are course. going to show you what Andrew Ryan has got. 
a Christmas bowl. That's right. So we're starting off with some of the fresh yogurt that I made. Ooh. And I have some toppings here. So let mm. me just introduce the toppings to you. Mm-hmm. We have some red, which is uh, cranberry? dried cranberries okay. and gochi berries. Mm-hmm. We have some green, which is green sultanas and pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. Then we just have some other things. We have some almonds, almonds and some cashews, mm. um, some apricot seeds. We have a little bit of beach plum jam from mm. Cape Cod, which is nice and red. Mm-hmm. We have some um, very cold uh, raspberries chopped up mm. uh, to give it a nice red color. We have some orange peel, mm. which I think is very festive and kind of very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tasting, and then we have some chopped up uh, gingerbread mm. and like spice cookies. Okay, shalom is true. Yes. So we are going to just make little lines of this on our snowy yogurt. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to help out here? I'll give mm-hmm. you the raspberries. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some of the cookie on there, and you can use a little spoon mm-hmm. if you like. Oops. Ooh. Sorry, that spread out more than I thought it was going yes. to. Yes. So let's do stretch this way. Oh, okay. That way. Okay. I knew that. You can just. You cover. did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you did. You're crossing the border, all the way. He doesn't know how to color within the lines, ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen. Alrighty, so we're would you done. Like to try a little bit of this. Sure. Mmm. The cookie's good. Mmm. It does taste mm. a little bit Christmassy. Mm-hmm. With the tint of ginger. Mmm. Mmm. And a touch of orange peel. The orange peel, it's very strong. Mmm. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's good. Nice, healthy, sweet. And if you have like a warm drink next to you. Oh, that would be beautiful. Like hot chocolate. Right. And, you know, waking up in the morning... In the Christmas day, mm. in your robes, mm. look at your Christmas tree and all the presents mm. sitting there. Oh, my. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to try this. Mm-hmm. You can try to make your own Christmas ball. And yes. If you want, you can use the things that we tried. Mm-hmm. You can also try um, any kind of red berries, strawberries. Um, you could put a little bit of banana in there would be fun. You could do some granola. Or what about for green, you could try kiwi, grapes, mm, guava, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, even though I don't like mint. I but, know you, you know, you could put mint on it. Aren't you happy I didn't put mint in our little breakfast oh, bowl there? Thank you very much. You're okay. welcome. Start off with the right side. Okay. Mm. Wait, what is this? I'm getting a phone call on my phone. It says that you need to go get... Hmm? Package. Oh, a package of friend. Okay, well, hold okay. on just a second. I'll be right. right back. All right. All right. Let's okay, so today we're introducing our Christmas bow and setting people into the mood of getting into Christmas and have you made your wishes. You know, my kids have written. Oh, just speaking of you, Santa. Santa. Christmas. Andrew was just saying that you are not coming this year. Well, hello, Miss Chu. You know, it's something that I feel that you guys are destined not to see each other. Well, 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 well why would I want to see? I mean, just kidding. I would love to see Andrew. Really? 
but okay. not that much. All right. So, Be- Miss Chu, have you been naughty or nice this year? Of course. I've been working very hard, oh. doing very good. Well, I think that we should give you a little present, Miss Chu. Oh, you have a present for me? Yeah, of course. Okay, so what's the present? We have a spa day for you, Miss Chu. Oh, that's what I need, a, a spa, spa day. A spa day to relax you and entice you and make you very happy and relaxed. But, but Santa, this year, you know, other than asking for, you know, wishes, I am asking for your advice, okay? Ooh, Santa have loves a, to give advice. I have dilemma, you okay. know, giving Christmas gift to my kids. Ooh. Well, you saw their letters sent to you, right? Yes, I did. I okay. saw all the letters that they so gave So, Rihanna me. was asking for these color pen called Sharpies that you get <laughs> in the United States. So, I did, you know, try to find it for you. Oh, so that I could give a tour. Right. I see. And, and uh, for Ryan... You know, he wants, he wrote in his letter that he wants a Nintendo Switch, which is like an electronic game. Yes. And he said, if you cannot give him that, give him a bow and arrow is fine. Oh, well, that's very nice for him to think about Santa. Right, but he has been pretty good this year, you know. Mm. But, you know, I was thinking of giving him the Nintendo Switch. But as a parent, you know, I am so scared. To put electronic in his hand. So should I give it to him or not? Well, Miss Chu, let me ask you this. Do you want to give it to him? I I am in a dilemma. That's why I'm asking you a question. So you do want to give it to him. In a way, I do. I'm afraid that he will be, you know, like immersed into like video games. Well, Santa Claus has a very good solution. Okay. If you want to give it to him, Mm -hmm. then you make sure that you limit when he uses the video game. Mm. So you can only let him do it once he's done his homework, Mm -hmm. cleaned his room. And done all of his chores. Mm-hmm. And then, even then, only for a certain number of hours a week. Okay. So I have to take in control. Take in control. Control. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you in control, Santa? Santa Claus is always in control. Right. So so you'd think I should give him the Nintendo Switch. I think you could consider it. I right. would let him... Open up a present that has a bow and arrow in it first. Okay. And then... But he already got that one <laughs> from someone else. So he got a bow and an arrow. Oh, then there's nothing left to give. Right. Santa says it's okay. It's okay? Because children need to learn how to limit their own use of technology. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they learn when they're young. Right. Okay. I think so, too. Okay, thank you for your advice. You're welcome. And let me let me see. You know, Andrew is not here, but you know, as co-host, I should have the courteous, you know, to ask you, have you prepared any gift for him? Oh yes, I did. You did. Of course, Santa's always very nice to Andrew because he's been a good boy. Really? So I got him a jumbo size bag of charcoal <laughs> so he can barbecue. <laughs> You know what, Santa? You know, uh, I think Andrew can run like a coal shop now. (laughs) You have been giving him coal, coal, and coal. Every year, Ellen Jones. Yeah, is there a particular reason? Because he's a good barbecuer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Gotta go. You must be busy, okay? You want to take a Christmas bowl with you? Yes, I'm going to take the Christmas bowl with me. Okay.
Bye bye. bye. Say hi to Rudolph. Merry oh wow, that was great advice. You know, it shows that Santa really works with children all around the world, and he really knows which kind of gift to pick for other people. Hey,、oh, Andrew,、shoot. you're back. Where's、I'm、your very, package? I'm very upset. There was no package. Did you know that someone was here? No, all I know is I got accosted in the parking lot when I was went out to get my package. These reindeer—they came up and surrounded me,、um, and they wouldn't let me back in the building. Santa was here. Santa? Yeah. I miss him every time he comes.、Yeah. I think he doesn't like me. No, he said he loves you dearly. Oh, really? Right. Really. And he prepared you a sack of coal. <laughs> What? You know because,、That's、and I asked、Santa. him, is it because he doesn't like you? No, he said you're a special one in his heart. Special one. A special one. Yeah, that's one word for you it. You know, he hardly gives people coal anymore. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> most of the source of coal is going to you. Oh wow, wow! In this you time know, of like energy crisis, special. I、because、know. other people、yeah. are getting just toys, you know, and I'm getting barbecue. Yeah, because he's、coal. he said you are a great barbecuer. <laughs> oh,、mm-hmm. oh, so he's complimenting my my cooking abilities. Yes. yes. Oh well, thank you, Santa.、Um, next year, I wouldn't mind having、um, I don't know a car would be nice or, or vacation in、like、Tahiti. A set of barbecue rack. Barbecue <laughs> rack to go, to go with, the, with coal. the coal, or else you have like. You know, tons and tons of coal. Yeah, we might want to rethink that one, Santa. Yeah. But thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, we really thank Santa. So Merry Christmas, everyone. So let me know how that works out. Merry、and、Christmas, everyone. Christmas bowl, okay. Prepare your own creative one. That's right. You can but, celebrate like we did here on the feast. Right, but do remember to write to us and tell us all about your Christmas and. Your encounter with Santa, okay? Santa. PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Email us at a n d r o o at r t i dot o r g dot t w. That's right. And next Saturday on the feast, join us for our year-end buffet of our favorite moments from the year that was 2018. Wow. Okay. But before we go on this very special edition, we will give you a very Christmassy song. I'll be home for Christmas, and wherever you are, I hope you get home for Christmas. Okay. That's right. And this is by Cheryl Crow. For Feast News Plus, I'm Andrew Ryan, and this is Ellen. Ho ho ho! Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.